Welcome to Living Stones Church. We pray that this message impacts and touches your heart in such a great way. Enjoy the message. Psalms 20, 22 verse 3 says, Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. Verse 4, Our ancestors trusted in you and you rescued them. Verse 5, They cried out to you and were saved. They trusted in you and were never disgraced. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you so much. I thank you so much for your word that so timely, even after a couple thousand years, your, your word is still true and it's still alive and it still does a work in our lives. And so, Father, we give you permission to just touch our hearts from the inside and, and uh, bless our hearts today and bless our spirits to just come after you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know what? I don't usually do this, but I'm going. I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask for prayer this morning. Can I? Can I have have you just extend your hand to me? I'm, I'm usually not this selfish and asking for prayer, but my I, I twisted something in my back this morning, and I don't know what it is. But every it just twinges, and all of a sudden I just like out of air. Has anybody ever had that before? So if we can just pray for me, I'm, and I'll pray for all of you at the same time because I just feel weird praying for me. But Father God, I just thank you. I thank you that your word is true. God, I thank you that by your stripes we are healed. And so, God, I just receive your healing right now in my back. And, Lord Jesus, as you heal me, I pray that you're healing people all around this room and people that are listening and watching this, watching this online, listening to this podcast later. Lord, maybe it's years from now. Maybe they're listening on the radio, wherever they're at. God, I pray, Lord, that you are just bringing healing over people's bodies this morning and we just see the goodness of God come through us in a physical way and in a spiritual way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Because I like to get into it, and it's going to be hard to get into it if I'm constantly getting poked in the back. So we'll see if we can do this. Are you ready? All right. We can do it. We can do it. Shout, we can do it. We can do it. Here we go. You know what? Here, here, here's the key, right? So prayer and praise. Somebody say prayer and praise. Prayer and praise are the keys to changing your mind space. Prayer and praise. And I can, I can already almost hear it. You're like, oh, my gosh, that's so cheesy. Of course, a pastor would say, prayer and praise. That's, that'll change your whole perspective on life. Woo-hoo. Yeah, thanks for that, pastor. That was a really good one. I got my money's worth today, right? Is anybody with me? Prayer and praise. But I'm going to show you why it's the answer. Are you ready? When we pursue God, the presence of our problems, in the presence of our problems, we receive peace. Panic is destroyed in the presence of our God. How do we bring the presence of God? That's the question. How do we bring the presence of God? The only way to bring the presence of God is through prayer and praise. That's it. That's what ushers in His presence. Through our prayer and through our praise, we have the presence of God. Isn't it like P words? It's so good. It's so good. Yes, yes. Prayer and praise are what brings the presence of our God. Here's point number one for my note takers. Do I have note takers out there? Good, we got some note takers. I will will pursue God in the presence of my problems. I will pursue God in the presence of my problems. The pursuit of God in the presence of our problems is not easy. Come on, tell your neighbor it's not easy. It's not easy. It's not easy to pursue God in the presence of our problems because here's what happens. In the presence of our problems, all we're thinking about is our problems. It's amazing. As soon as they they manifest themselves in our lives, we give them so much power, don't we? Man, it's all of a sudden all we think about is that problem, kind of like my back right now. 
All I can think about is the pain in my back. It's hard to focus on all the other things, right? I, I, usually when I get honked at, when I'm putting the signs out in the morning, I wave nicely. And, I, and if you were the one on the way to church today and you honked at me because you wanted to say hi and I went like this, it's because my back hurt and I was just not thinking about if that was somebody I loved. I thought it was somebody that was mad at me. Are you with me? Come on, sometimes in the middle of your pain, you can't see past your problem. Are you with me? You can't see past your problem in the middle of your pain. People who are in pain hurt other people. It happens all the time. When you're in pain, you lash out. When, when you're tired, you, you get cranky. Come on, where are my hangry people at? Yes, yes. Chelsea raised both hands. That's my beautiful bride. When she is hangry, everyone will know it. Are you with me? If, she's just, if she seems mad, just give her like a candy bar or something. Like don't even talk to her, just... Just give her a candy bar. It'll help. If, if, if I'm sleepy, I get cranky. Are you with me? Where are the people who get, when they get sleepy, they get cranky? Man, some of you raised your hand for both of those. I feel bad for you. Oh, my goodness. I'm praying for your spouse right now in the name of Jesus. Goodness gracious. You know what? God made brains a specific way. Did you know that? Did you know that your brain was created by God? Some of you are like, can I get a refund? Like, how do I? I need, a, I need a new one. You know, this one's not working quite the right way. But here, here's the thing. Our, our brains were made in such a way that emotions and logic are always in odds with each other. You ever feel that? Your emotions and your logic are fighting. And, and there's two parts to your brain that, that does this. And the first I want to talk about is our amygdala. Somebody say amygdala. Amygdala. Can we get that picture of the amygdala? There it is. That little tiny part of your brain, that one right there, that's the one that, 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 that invokes emotion. It's the one that, that as, as we are thinking about a situation, we think about it emotionally. It's, it's what creates the fight or flight in, in our response. When something crazy happens, when we go, <gasps> and we got to do something about it, we either want to run or we want to fight it. Does anybody feel that? That's your amygdala turning on right there. Now, how many times does that amygdala turn on when it doesn't need to? Are you with me? All of a sudden we're in fight or flight mode and really it's just something very chill that we can just deal with and work through. But we have, we have the other part of our brain that helps us. That It's called the prefrontal cortex. It's a much larger part of your brain. But this one is the one that, that, that looks at things logically. It looks at things logically. It's kind of like when, when you're in your house. Has anybody ever been in your house by yourself and then you start hearing sounds? Are you with me? Like, if, if ever I sent my, my wife and kids, like, like, I'm the hero of the house, right? Like, I'm going to go take care of business, right? But when I'm in the house by myself without them, I swear there's other things in there. Are you with me? Like, all of a sudden, I'm, like, turning the TV up really loud. I'm just like, oh, my gosh. Anybody with me? Your amygdala turns on and tells you there is absolutely somebody coming after you right now. And if you don't do something about it, your whole life is going to be over. Are you with me? Nobody? Anybody? Okay, we've got some honest people. And, and, then, and then your prefrontal cortex comes in and says, it's probably just the neighbor's cat. Like, are you with me? It, it, it's, it's probably just, just the dog whimpering downstairs. It's probably just because your house was built in 1992. Are you with me? Like, 
in the midst of it, there's probably a logical reason. And, and then your, your amygdala and, and your prefrontal cortex are, have one hand on each side of the wheel. It's, it's kind of like, where are my Marvel fans at? Do we have some Marvel fans? If anybody's with me on this, Hulk and Bruce Banner, right? They both have a, usually they both have a hand on the wheel, but for the last two years, I feel like he put me in the trunk. Are you with me? It's kind of like my amygdala and my frontal cortex. I feel like my amygdala has taken over. Is anybody with me? All of a sudden, I look at everything as if it's something to panic about. I've been in a place of panic for the last however many years, and everything sets me off. Is anybody with me? Come on. Come on. It's like we put that prefrontal cortex in the trunk. Somebody say it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay, you guys. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. It's totally okay. Right? Anybody? Any uh, friends, fans? Ross? I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm totally okay. I'm fine. I'm totally fine. Anybody? Good. Go ahead and turn your Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 10. If you'd like, you can follow along in the YouVersion Bible app. I put all the verses in there for you so you don't have to turn around and figure it out. Make it easy. Just go in the YouVersion Bible app, click the More button, click on Events and Living Stones Church, and all my notes are right there for you and all the links you need for everything. But verse 10 says, Elijah replied, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people, come on, somebody say, but. I did the right thing, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down their altars, and killed every one of your prophets. I am the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. Don't you just love when you, you bring your sob stories to God? I know we all do it. God, you don't understand. I'm going through this. This is hard, right? Is anybody with me? Listen, it sounds insensitive, but we all do it. I do it. I sit and whine before the Lord. Are you with me? As if he hasn't created the end from the beginning and didn't know this was going to happen. He just goes, Justin, Justin, Justin. Calm down, buddy. Like, I'm still on the throne. I didn't, I didn't go to the bathroom for a few minutes and forget about you. Are you with me? Like, Some of us are wondering, where did God go? Is he on a break? Like, what happened? Verse 11, go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. I love that he doesn't even acknowledge how he feels. Just shut up, Elijah, and go do what I told you to do. And Elijah stood there. The Lord passed by, and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a sound of a gentle whisper. Somebody say gentle whisper. A gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. How many things are demanding our attention right now? How many things are getting loud and in your face? Are you with me? Come on. I, I, I look at it every day. When, especially if you watch the news. Do some people that still watch the news? Like, I, I just don't. I just don't. i got to be honest with you. I know they get better ratings if they make it more dramatic. So I figure, hey, if you're only going to show me the dramatic part of the news, I don't want to see it. Are you with me? Like, I can go and spend time with each of you and look at your Facebooks and your Instagrams and find out the news I want to know about. I want to know how the people are doing. I don't want to know what their fun things they're going through. I want to know if they have a prayer request. Are you with me? I don't care what's going on with all this other drama stuff. Are you kidding me? God, God is still on the throne. 
And you know what? His ratings are from our praise and, his, and giving him glory. Are you with me? Like I'd rather sit and give him glory and have the presence of God sitting there rather than watching the 11 o'clock news and watching it beat me down and tell me how the world's falling apart and I probably shouldn't have had kids because it's going to be worse for them. Are you with me? All the stuff that we have to hear and listen to. But it sets us off in a place of panic. A place of panic. Somebody say panic. How many things put us in a deeper position of panic? Oh my goodness, we, all of a sudden it's, it's like panic just set up camp in the middle of our life. Does anybody feel that? It's like it's right there. The presence of our problems just took a camping spot right in the middle of our everyday life. You wake up and you're like, oh, it's still there. That depression, that, that fear, that anxiety, it's still there. And then you go on vacation for a week and you think, there it went. Oh, it feels better. And you come back from vacation, it got twice as big while you were gone. Are you with me? Anybody feel that? Come on. I got real people that go to this church. I just want to make sure. But you know what? Peace sets up camp in the presence of our God. Peace sets up camp in the presence of our God. Let's go to Psalms 145, verse 17. It says, the Lord is righteous in everything he does. He is filled with kindness, verse 18. The Lord is close to all who call on him. Yes, to all who call on him in truth. Verse 19. He grants the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cries to help and rescues them. How do we set our sights on God in the middle of our problems? Come on. It's so much easier said than done, isn't it? I mean, in the middle of our problems, all all we see is that giant standing in front of us. Maybe it's anxiety. Maybe it's your weight. I don't know about you, but every time I look in the mirror, I'm like, how did my dad, like, invade my body? I'm like, what happened? What happened to the the, the Marine that I used to be? Like, he's in there somewhere. I just got to find him. He's probably in the trunk. Are you with me? Some of us, we're just fighting these things and trying to figure out where is it? But how do we set our sights on God in the middle of our problems? Point number two, I will pray. Somebody say pray. I will pray in the presence of my problems. I will pray in the presence of my problems. How many of us, it takes a little while before we get to that reaction? Are you with me? It takes a little while to go like, oh yeah, I remember when Pastor talked about this. When we have a problem, we're supposed to pray about it. I I totally forgot. I was trying to find a solution. I was trying to put people in their place. I was was trying to make sure that everybody knows that this is the problem that I have. And then I finally get to the place, oh yeah, I'm supposed to pray about it. Oh, it sounds so cliche, doesn't it? But listen, God already knows that the problem is there. He just wants to see if you acknowledge that He is there too. Oh, I keep preaching these kinds of messages. We'll see less and less seats filled in this place. I know most people are sick. Everybody that's watching online, I hope you feel better. All those bugs going around and all those things happening. We're praying for you. But man, the truth hurts, doesn't it, sometimes? God is right there in the middle of your problems too. He is. He is. And prayer acknowledges that He's there. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 3 says, we are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. Verse 4, we use God's mighty weapons. Somebody say mighty weapons. Not worldly weapons to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. Verse 5, 
we destroy all we destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. Listen, God is trying to show us how to get into a, a battle stance that we're ready to take this thing on. Those problems that have set camp in the middle of your life, it is time to ensnare them up. Are you with me? I, I'm, I, need, I need three volunteers. I need, I need you. Let me see who else. Uh, I, I won't get embarrassed. Come here, Hannah. You can come up here too. Let's see. I'm looking for those faces that are like, I'm embarrassed and don't look at me. And So now everyone stares at me. That's perfect. Good job. With confidence. I need one more, just one more. Come here. Yes, you, Jesse. Come here. Come on, buddy. Get up here, bud. Each of you grab one of those sheets and come up on stage here with me. For those that are listening to the podcast or, or listening on the radio, I have some people coming up here, and, and make sure you put it the right direction. So there you go. Yep, perfect. There you go. Perfect. Go ahead and stick that right there. Boom. There it is. There it is. You know what? I, I just picked a few. And, and maybe you have different things in your life that start, these thoughts that start coming up. Maybe you, maybe you have bitterness. Maybe you have some things, some issues going on in your life. Maybe you have people in your life that have hurt you. And you've, you've been living in that hurt for so long. It's set up camp. It's not even just set up camp. It's, it's building a condominium in the middle of your life. Are you with me? Some of that bitterness that's been there for years and years and years. It's time to get rid of those things. Now, here, here's how we do this. Can you give me your hands? So we, we need to make sure we, we bind this stuff up. Are you with me? Bind this stuff up so that we can say, hey, I get to d- direct where this thing goes. Are you with me? Because it says, it says to take every thought captive. You know what, bitterness? You've been living in my life. Now, Jesse's not a source of bitterness for me. I just want you to know that. I love Jesse. He's an absolute incredible man. One of my hockey buddies. I love that. If, I, if anybody loves hockey, you are now one of my best friends, just like that. But you need to bind up bitterness. We bind up bitterness and we say, hey, you know what? I'm going to take you before the throne of God. Hey, God, what do you say about this? We bind it up. We bind it up. We say, hey, this doesn't have a place in my life anymore. This doesn't have any strength in my life anymore. Take every thought captive and cast down vain imaginations. I'm not going to throw you off the stage. Don't worry. But we cast down those vain imaginations. We take that thought captive. Go ahead and jump down there. We take those thoughts captive. You know what? We're we're going to take fear and we're going to bind it with the Word of God because the Word of God says that that, that, that love casts out all fear. Fear and those things that are just holding on to us too much. We take the Word of God and we bind it up. And we say, this has no place. Fear has no place in my life because God set me free by His Spirit. This fear can be led right to the pits of hell. It doesn't belong here anymore. I bind up those thoughts. The Word says that what you bind down on earth is bound in heaven. What you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. Are you with me? It's time to bind up things like fear. It's time to bind that stuff up. Don't let fear have the wheel in your life. How long will you let him drive? Or her. How long are you going to let it drive you? Drive every decision you make. Come on. I have, to, I have to consult fear first before we make this decision. I know, God, you asked me to do this, but let me consult fear first because the, that's what drives this vehicle for me. Are you with me? Come on. No. 
It's time to make sure we bind up those things that aren't supposed to be. We take every thought captive and we cast down those things with vain imagination. Hopefully I didn't hurt you too bad there. Self-hate. What's up, self-hate? How you doing? Good. Good. You kind of like being tied up a little too much. I got I to gotta talk, talk with your wife about this. I'm not, I'm not sure about that. We'll just make sure that that's nice and tight. <laughs> Self-hate was one for me. And maybe, maybe you're like, oh, I don't hate myself. But then every time you look at yourself, you look at what's wrong with you. I don't hate myself, but every, every time that you make a poor decision and how it affected other people, all you think about is how you're the problem. Are you with me? Come on. There, there's so many of us that, that look down on ourselves, and I think it's because that whisper just gets in your ear that tells you you're not worth it, that you're not worthy. They're all going to find out you're a fake. They're all going to figure it out that you're not cool. Are you with me? There, there's these things that... They've, they've set up camp. They've, they've built the condominium. You know what? They've got a whole road structure of how you're going to see everything now. And it's all through that, that thing of self-loathing, self-doubt, self-hate. Why is that? Because the enemy knows that if you don't believe in who God created you to be, you'll never accomplish what he created you to accomplish. But here's the thing. We bind up those thoughts. We cast down those vain imaginations. This is not true. This is not, tr- this is not who God says that I am. I take these things before the throne of God and I say, God, what do you say about these things? And he says that you were fearfully and wonderfully made. I knew you from the beginning. Well, from the beginning, from the beginning of time when, when I created everything, I thought of you and I thought of that specific time that I would send you into the world so that you can go and proclaim my gospel. Listen, you were not here by accident. I thought I was here by accident. My mom didn't know who the dad was when I was born, and when she was 19 years old. She didn't know. Could have been one of any three guys that month. Not sure. I thought it was an accident. Growing up thinking I'm an accident. I didn't meet my biological dad until I was 19. And then he died last year. I never got to really build a relationship with him. Are you with me? Some of us feel like things like that mean that I'm an accident. Mean that God didn't have purpose in the middle of somebody else's sin. Are you with me? Listen, God takes all things and brings them together for good for those that love Him. Are you with me? And I know that I stand on stages in front of hundreds of people declaring the Word of God so that somebody can be set free. Are you with me? So that all of a sudden, this thing that's been running around rampant in your life, and maybe it's something more than self-hate. Maybe it's something more than bitterness. Maybe it's something more than fear. There's been something that has taken camp in your life, and it's time for it to go. It's time for it to go. It's time to tear down those walls and start some new reconstruction. God, who do you say that I am? And then when that thing tries to creep back in, right, because it's going to come in again. Like a little nomad that has, it's like, I'm just looking for a place to stay. Who's going to let me stay? Are you going to let that thing back in and start putting up camp again? Oh, I'm just taking a rest right here in your life. Like, just, just spending a moment. No, we tie it up right away. Hey, listen, who are you? Why, why are you here? Are you with me? Like, if, if I walk into a foreign country, they, they will make sure, hey, what are you doing here? Why are you here? What is your purpose? 
How many things have come into our life that have no residence in our life? Wait a minute, you don't, you don't have any jurisdiction to be here. Like God, God already, when he put his son on the cross, he took these things to the cross with him. Sin, doubt, guilt, and, and all those things. No, that doesn't belong here. It doesn't belong. It doesn't belong in our house. It's time to start praying over your house, walking through the rooms and saying, hey, these things don't belong here. I, I, I'm here to tie some things up. You, you're Sorry, I'm going into my kids' rooms. These nightmares, they don't belong here. I'm going to go into the kitchen and all the doubt and all the things and all the arguments we've had right there. Hey, you know what? I'm going to go into my marriage bed and all the things that happened right there and we're going to talk about these things because I'm binding up these thoughts and casting down vain, vain imaginations. Come on. Father God, I thank you so much. You're setting people free this morning. You're setting people free. We'll start with, we'll start with Todd. Todd needs to be free. So we'll, we'll set you free from that stuff. I love you, brother. Come on. Listen, guys. I, I hope that visual gave you an idea of what's happening in you right now. Because those things, they have no place. They have no place in the midst of all of it. No place. No place. The stuff that your parents put on you over the years, because that's just what they knew. They did their best with what they knew. Hey, don't do this. This, is, this might happen. You know? As, as we think about those generational things, hey, I had this happen to me. Don't, you know, don't, don't do these things and be in fear and be in these places. Be in, a, be in security. Come on. How many of us want security so much that we'll give up freedom? Oof. Oof. I want security so much that I give up freedom. I just live in fear. I loved that our team went down to Mexico yesterday. And you know what? All through the pandemic, we went down to Mexico. We, and, and we were told by people, hey, don't do that. Like, it's dangerous. And, and you know what? It's, it's always been dangerous. It's, it's dangerous to get out of bed in the morning. Are you with me? It's dangerous. It's dangerous. Even, even if you stay in bed, do you know that a plane can fall on your house? It's dangerous to breathe. Are you with me? So why don't we just all hold our breath right now? Ready? Oh, some people already gave up. Are you with Like, that's how it is in life, man. Like, are we going to constantly be sitting in a place where we're afraid to breathe that we'll never actually live? We'll never actually live. Come on, somebody. I will pray in the presence of my problems. Philippians 4, verse 4 says, Always, somebody say always. Always. No, we've got to say it louder. See it? There we go. I want them to hear it on the radio, on the podcast. I want them to hear you. Always be full of joy in the Lord. Always. I say it again. As if you didn't hear it the first time. Rejoice. Always be full of the joy, be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Verse 5. Let everyone see that considers that you are considerate in all you do. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember the Lord is coming soon. Verse 6. Here we go. Don't worry about anything. Anything? These are pretty like Big words, always, anything, always be full of joy, never worry about anything. These are like, that's intense, isn't it? 
Like never? Don't worry about anything. Instead, here we go. Instead, pray about everything. Don't worry about anything. Somebody say that. Instead, pray about everything. Oh my goodness, God is setting us free right here, right now. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need, as if he doesn't know already. He already knows what you need. Why do we tell him what he needs, what we need, so that we acknowledge where he is in the midst of what we need? Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Are you with me? As I was sitting in pain behind stage before coming out, and I, I, was, I was leaning down, stretching, I'm going like, oh, this hurts. But thank you, God, for all that you've done. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for this church. Thank you for caring about all those things. Oh, thank you for caring about my back, Lord. Are you with me? Thank him for all that he's done. Pray. I'm not, listen, I'm not holier than thou. Listen, I, I, like I admitted already, I was, I was getting mad at that person on the street today, and they probably were just one of our church members saying hi. It's very possible. But how many of us do that? How many times have we done things like that? Ah, tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. Verse 7, you will experience God's peace. Somebody say peace. Oh, it's one of those words that when it comes out of your mouth, peace, peace. It's like it reminds me of when Jesus is in the boat and his disciples are all in there and he's taking a nap. And they go and wake him up, said, are you just going to let us drown? And he gets up. He's like, these, these guys, they haven't learned anything yet. And he looks to the water and he says, peace, be still. And then they said, who is this that even the waves obey him? And then I, if you loop in that he, at the end of all this, he says, hey, it's better that I go. Let the Holy Spirit come and be with you. You'll do far greater things than you've seen me do. How many of us need to point to the storm inside of us and say, peace, be still. Peace, be still. Be still, you Peace, be still. Oh, something just shifts inside of us. Peace, be still. When we speak to our, our kids, when we're praying over, over our job, when we're praying over these situations, peace, be still. Peace, be still. Come on, somebody say peace. Then you will experience God's peace. You know, that word then is a pretty important word in this scripture. No, some of us, we overlook that. Oh, then, then, then you'll have God's peace. Yeah, that makes sense. But that means there's a contingency. Somebody say contingency. If you don't know what a contingency, it means, it's, it means that you have to do this before this will happen. Does that make sense? It's, have, you, have, you ever, have you ever tried to explain how to make a peanut butter sandwich? Go ahead. How, how would we make a peanut butter sandwich? What's the first thing we do? You get, you get bread, okay? So, so imagine I, I have a loaf of bread here. All right, now what do I do? Two slices, okay? So I'm going to cut, cut the bread, the whole loaf, into two slices. There's a slice here. Then what do I do? Did I just smother it with peanut butter? Okay, I've just smothered the enti entire thing. Now what do I do? Oh, on the other side. Sorry, I'll put the other side and I'll put the... 
Do you see what I'm saying? All of a sudden, like, our communication became something. Because all of us have made a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So it's so simple to us. Grab the bread, put the peanut butter on it, put the jelly on it, and put it together. But if you're explaining that to someone who's never done this before, oh my goodness, our minds can't can comprehend. Wait a minute, so you have to open, you get, you get the, the whole loaf and you open the bag and, and then you pull out only two slices of bread, one and two. Then you put them on the plate and then you grab a knife, a, a butter knife specifically, right? There's so many things you can start to see. There's going to be a lot of problems if I don't explain this all the way. And so when you're reading God's Word, you need to read it all the way. Verse 7 says then. So where's the if? It says if, if you don't worry about anything and pray about everything, then you will experience God's peace. Oh my goodness. How many times have you read that and not thought about it to that depth? Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Don't worry about anything. How will you eat? How will you drink? Right? How will you do anything? Don't worry about anything except pray about everything. Invite the presence of God into the presence of your problems. When you invite the presence of God into the presence of your problems, your problems get smaller. They feel minute. They feel like no big deal. When you start reading God's Word and you read about the miracles that happen in God's Word, you start to figure out that there is more to this. There's more to this situation. Are you with me? Here's point number three. I will praise in the presence of my problems. Come on, let's say that together. Are you ready? I will praise in the presence of my problems. It's through prayer and praise that we find the presence of God. Acts 16, verse 25. I think this will be our, oh, yeah, our last section of Scripture here. Acts 16, verse 25 says, Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening. Come on, how many times have you been singing while you're in prison? Now, maybe, we, maybe some, most of us probably haven't been to a physical prison before. I went to my first prison visit about a year ago, and I had never been to prison before. I've never, I've never been to jail before. I'd never done that. I didn't know what to do. Is anybody with me? Has anybody never been to jail before at all? Visit someone or anything, right? Some, a lot of us have never been there before. We don't know what happens in there. Here, these guys are in, in prison behind bars, and they're praising God. They were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly, somebody say suddenly. Suddenly. Now, where we might not be able to relate to being in a physical prison, I guarantee that every single one of us can relate to being in a mental prison. The prison where we think, I don't want to try that because what if I fail? The prison that says, like, oh, they're never going to love me. They're never going to want me. Listen, I, I told you about how, how I didn't really get to ever connect with my dad. Did you know that we were both in the same mental prison? I was in the mental prison that said, he has his own family, and, and he has his own kids. And, and I was, I, you know, like he, I want him to be a dad to his kids. He, I don't, I don't want to take away from him. 
And you know what he was doing on the other side as I went and talked to, talked to his wife and talked to my brother and my sister? He said, Dad always said, no, I don't want to bother him. He has his own family. And he's growing up and he's, he's learning things and I don't want to disrupt that and I want him to have his own life. Isn't that amazing how two people in their mental prison is what keeps us from having the freedom to be able to know each other, grow with each other, and see the fullness of what God wants to do. Are you with me? How many of us were sitting in those mental prisons that's keeping us from starting that new business? I don't know how to do it. I've never had a business before. How would I start a new business? What about, what about reconciliation in your marriage? Well, I'm, I'm not admitting that I was wrong anywhere. It was their fault. Like, they need to apologize. It's been how many years and they have not apologized yet? Come on. How many mental prisons are we in? That financial prison. Oh, I grew up on the wrong side of the tracks. I don't have a college degree. I, I'll never make it in life. My, you know what? My sixth grade math teacher told me this was what my life was going to look like. How many of us are living in a mental prison? If you're a sixth grade math teacher in here, I apologize. I'm not talking about you. Not all math teachers are alike. Is that right? Or are they? No, she's like they are, yeah. No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening. People are listening. They're listening to how you respond to these stresses in life. Your kids are listening. The people around you are listening. They're watching. They're watching. You know what? I repent for being the way I was today on the street, allowing my pain to let me react the wrong way instead of just waving and saying hello. Because that person might come to church one day. And what am I going to do then? Be a hypocrite? Oh, you got mad at me and yelled at me one day, and the next day you tell me you love me? Come on, how many of us are just like that? How many of us are just like that? But sometimes we got to stop letting our pain dictate what presence is in our life. I guarantee you these man, men did not want to be in prison. That wasn't their goal. It's not what they were trying to get to. Hey, you know what? Why don't we go to prison today? That'll be fun. No, but when you're in those moments, when the pain comes, when those things start to try to set up camp, are we taking control? Are we binding them up? Verse 26, suddenly there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. Come on, I love the fact that not only just their chains fell off, because of their praise, because of their prayer, everyone's chains fell off. Think about your family right now. Oh, you've been, you've been trying to get through to your family member for how long now? Listen, you don't get it. I'm trying to get through to you. I'm trying to tell you this is what it is. And God's telling you right here, you want to unlock their, their, that, that bondage they're in? Prayer and praise and the presence of God. Prayer and praise and the presence of God. I can feel the Holy Spirit moving in this place right now prayer and praise and the presence of God chains fall off of people those other guys weren't praying and praising how come they get their chains coming off too how many of us end up in that place huh 
Like, I was the one serving you, Lord. Why did you bless them? It was me. Lock them back up. They don't deserve this. Come on, somebody. They, they, they'll look at theirs when they pray and praise. How about that, Lord? How about that? No, no. See, when, when our focus is so much on God, when we're, when we're so focused on Him, we're not sitting in the prisons that we used to be sitting in. Oh, no. When, when, when we're so focused on God, you, you can throw something at me. Go ahead. Throw it at me. Like, I, I love when, when we look at John the Baptist. When he's like, what are you going to do? Kill me? Send me to heaven? For me to die is gain. Go ahead and try. What can you do to me, you mere mortal? All of a sudden, those things in your life, when you have God's presence, when you've been praying and you've been lifting up praise to the Lord, listen, I dare you, when you go home, just put praise on all the time. Just leave it on. I know I I grew up in a family where we left the TV on all the time. It was annoying as crud. I didn't realize it until I went to the Marine Corps and we didn't have a TV in there. Are you with me? Then I went home. I'm like, why are you having this on? No one's watching it. Like we're walking around the house and the TV's on. Isn't that annoying to anybody else? Like, no, nobody realized that. But man, what if we had the what if we had praise going through the house all the time? Can I tell you something? Like, this is, I have to give credit to Chelsea. This is mostly Chelsea has, has praise on the house all the time. If it were up to me, I'd have 90s rock in there all the time. Are you with me? Like, that's what I'd be listening to because it makes me feel good. Are you? But when I hear my, my four-year-old singing a praise song that I didn't teach him, and he's just giving glory to God in the back seat of our car, it, it resets my heart. Because I'm a man. So I might be angry that the guy that just cut me off. But then I hear my four-year-old. Glory, glory, hallelujah. He's singing, giving the glory to God. I'm like, Jesus, Jesus, renew my heart, renew my strength to be just like my four-year-old. In the midst of craziness, to just give you praise, to pray. Oh my goodness, my, my boys, they don't know how when, when they see a car on the side of the road, they just think we're going to help all of them. Are you with me? Dad, aren't we going to stop? Like, nobody, we got to get to this thing. But they're so used to us stopping and helping people. It doesn't make sense to them when we don't. Are you with me? What if that was your kid's confusion? Man, mom, dad, you're always praying. You're always praising. If I see you not praying or praising, I'm kind of concerned what's going on. Or is it the other way around? What are you singing about? Why, why do we have worship music? Isn't that only for Sunday? What, why are you praying right now? Don't we only do that when, we, when we're eating dinner or going to bed? Why are we praying right now? <sighs> Come on. Invite the presence of God in the middle of your problems. See what He can do. Amen? See what He can do. I want his peace to you. Here's my... Oh, I already said that one. There we go. We're moving on. We're moving on. The chains of every prisoner fell off. The, jo- the jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped. So he drew his sword to kill himself. Gosh, how many of us are right there? Everything's so out of control. I'm so afraid of what might happen next that I draw the sword against myself. Come on, somebody. Verse 28. 
But Paul shouted to him, Stop! I mean, I don't know about you, but if I was in prison and the the jailer was like, I'm not going to try to lock you back up. I'm going to take my own life. Some of us might go, hey, hey, cha-ching. Like, it worked out. You know, like, scared that guy to death. We're not going back to jail. Thank goodness. I was hoping you wouldn't wake up, bro. How many of us, right? But Paul shouted to him, stop. Don't kill yourself. We are all here. 29. The jailer called for lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Verse 30. Then he brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? What must I do to be saved? I imprisoned you mo- just recently. How? I wonder what, what made him want to kill himself. It's probably because he was mocking people in jail. He was probably treating them disrespectfully. Get in there, you little... Said some choice words to them. I guarantee you he wasn't just a a calm, nice person. People that are putting people in jail have to go through a lot of junk, so usually they're pretty mean about it. Are you you with me? They're not saying, please, sir, right this way. Go ahead and get into your jail cell. Thank you so much. Is there anything else I can do for you? Well, you stay here. No, that's not what he was acting like. He was probably a jerk the entire time. Probably like, listen, I've dealt with people like you before. Sorry. That was awesome. That's anointing, Noah. That's anointing following on you right there. I've dealt with people like you before and and you're not going to get one past me, and, right? And he's probably just getting angry with them. And then as soon as they're all free, he's like, oh, crud. All my chips are turned in now. I might as well kill myself because they're going to torture me. Are you with me? But then he comes out. What must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved along with everyone in your household. And they shared the word of the Lord with him and with all who lived in his household. Prayer and praise unlock the presence of God. And when God's presence is unlocked, we, somebody say we, we are set free. We. When the presence of God comes in, we are set free. And we set others free. Come on. Freedom is found in the presence of God. We go, a pl- go from a place of where panic has lived in our life and it's taken the wheel and that amygdala is driving the car. That every moment is something to be, oh no, what now? What happened now? Are you with me? Oh, not again. Here we go again. I remember what this is like. Ah! Oh. We go from this place of panic to a place of peace because we realize that those problems that once overwhelmed us are now being overwhelmed with God's goodness and His grace. They can't stay. They can't stay. Have you ever watched videos where a flood comes in and it just wrecks the town, wrecks the buildings? I mean, how long did it take to build every one of those buildings? How long did it take? How long has it taken for those things that have been camping out in your mind to build bigger walls and bigger things? And and all of a sudden you have a full city of problems living right in the middle of your heart and the middle of your mind. You've got a whole town of issues. Hey, you, you want to know what issues are? Come talk to me. We'll, 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 we'll go through it. We'll go for a little tour through the town of issues. Are you with me? And I'll show you how, how I've dealt with all of them. Are you with me? 
I've, I've pushed this one under the rug. I've blamed other people for that one. This is just who my family is. It's how I've always been. I have this medical diagnosis that, that says that that's why I'm allowed to be this way. Are you with me? And all of a sudden you go through that town in your mind and you take people through it. Oh, yeah, I know that problem. I've had one like it, only worse. Anybody with me? But then the presence of God is like a flood. Just pushes through your mind and just tears down everything that took years to build. Tears it down in seconds. Destroyed demolished. Most of us, when we think of a flood and we think of what it does to a city, what do we think of what it does to things, we're like, ooh, that's not good. But when we start to think about what it does to that city we've built in our mind, oh, what a good thing. We need those things torn down as fast as possible. Thank you, Lord, for your help. Are you with me? How long would it take to dismantle everyone piece by piece? But when you let God's presence flood in, you're overwhelming those problems with God's power. And watching it just demolished in seconds. Oh, all that work the enemy put in. All those people he set in your life just to make sure that you stayed in that place of bondage. Oh, I'm going to put this person in your life to, to flip you off at just the right time. I'm going to put this person in your life to, to call you back on your taxes. I'm going to put this person in your life and these things in your life to happen so that you just stay in that place of bondage. And then God comes in and just goes, nah. Just wipes it all away says, I, I've got more for you. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Please don't, don't rebuild that city that he just tore down. Don't rebuild that city of fear, that, that city of bitterness, don't, that self-hate. Don't, don't rebuild that city. I've already wiped it out with my, my son's blood, and it was more than worthy to get the job done. Are you with me? God's presence can overwhelm anything that overwhelms you. My final point, I have peace in the presence of my God. Come on, can we say that together? I have peace in the presence of my God. Thank you for joining us today. We hope this message blessed your life in such a powerful way. Come visit us here at Livingstones Church in person at Dorothy McElhinney Middle School in French Valley, California, every Sunday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. You can also watch us online on our YouTube channel, Facebook, Church Center, or at livingstones.tv. If God is using this ministry to touch and impact your life, and you would like to consider partnering with us in your giving, you can do so by giving in the Church Center app or by going to livingstones.tv slash giving. We hope you have a wonderful week.